Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, Russell Baxter in just a few moments. But first of all, our play by play call of the day. Mikhail Franco continues his hot hitting. No balls and a strike. The righty kicks in the pitch. Swung on. Hit in the air. Right center field. Should be deep enough. It's going down. It's going to fall for a hit. And it's going to go up the alley all the way to the wall. One run is home. Two runs will score. Cesar Hernandez coming all the way in. A three-run double for Michael Franco. And he's turned the game around. The Phillies in front 4-2 here at the bottom of the seventh. They turned the game around and won it over Detroit last night. And they got an off night tonight. As heard here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, your home for the Philadelphia Phillies. All right, let's bring in uh, Russell Baxter, ProFootballGuru.com. Russell, welcome. Great to have you with us on the show. Well, thank you for having me on. You're, uh, you know, my neck of the woods of where I was born. I was born in Philadelphia and uh, still have a lot of family in the Poconos. Well done. That's great. All right, so now let's get to uh, – I want to start with the draft part of it, then we'll get to a couple of other elements when you looked at the draft part of it, uh, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be very critical of Dave Gettleman, maybe not for picking Daniel Jones, but for picking him at 6 instead of maybe at 17. How did you view that, Russell? Um, it was a surprise, to say the least. Um, you know, I, probably no more a surprise than what the Raiders did two spots above. Uh, with Cleveland right. Farrell. I mean, that sh- shook some people. Well, what I have learned over the years is um, you have to stick with your board and you have to stick with your convictions. And if that's what Dave Gettleman truly believed and he believed and he has come out and said that he knows of two other teams that would have vaulted him ahead of 17, um, and that seems to be raised some speculation. Um, but you know, it's funny, he can't win. Last year he got criticized for taking the running back at two. You're not supposed to take the running back at two. I guess you're not right. supposed to take the offensive rookie of the year at two. <laughs> so, um, listen, he was out. He was aggressive. He got the guy he liked. They went D-line with the 17th pick. I'm still surprised they didn't go after a pass rusher. Um, and then they jumped back into the uh, to the late in the first round and took a third player, DeAndre Baker, who was one of the higher-rated cornerbacks uh, in the league. So, yeah, it was a little bit of surprising. And, you know, as he came out and said, let's see where – Let's see what we're talking about three years from now. And hopefully three years from now, that that's exactly the plan going forward. But it was funny. Last year, everybody wanted him to take quarterback, and understandably so, because it was you know very heralded class. Uh, to sure. be honest with you, I think the team that made out the best in this regard uh, were the Redskins, because they didn't have to trade up to get Dwayne Haskins. And since they didn't have to trade up to get Haskins, they could use some trade bait to move back into the first round and get Montez Sweat. 
And as somebody who broadcast all of Saquon Barkley's games for three years here at Penn State, uh, no offense, they made the right choice. Uh, so well, I mean, just, they did make the right choice. If if you think he's the best player in the draft, um, right. he runs, he catches, he blocks. Okay, I don't know what more you could do. I mean, listen, he's you know he to me seems like more the foundation of the offense right now. It's the offense that's going to kind of go. Around him, the offense. Let's be honest. The offense has never really gone through Eli Manning. This has been more of a right. defensive team than an offensive team, especially when they won the Super Bowls. Yeah, exactly. What's interesting is to look back on a draft, and now you mm-hmm. have uh, uh, several guys that are coming up on their uh, obviously in that class, all on their five-year options. I usually feel, Russell, that a lot of these drafts of late have had what I would consider to be 20 legitimate first-round picks. Uh, you know, and then after that, you know, other people are first-round picks, but, you know, it's you know, in terms mm-hmm. of their talent level. I'm looking back on that draft from four or five years ago. The number of guys that are not getting their fifth-year option, about a third of them aren't. And most of them are in that 20 to 31 range because there wasn't a 32nd pick that year because of Deflategate. Is that how you start judging drafts? Well, it's interesting you said that because you go back and look at what's happened, especially this year, at how many teams tried to trade out of the first round. Okay? Right. You know, the Raiders had three first-round picks. The Giants had three first-round picks. The Falcons had a couple of uh, first-round picks. So did the Packers. So So did the Redskins. Which means, do the math, not everybody had a first-round pick this year. Um, Cleveland, Chicago, Dallas, um, you know, people were trading out of the first round figuring we can get more players and there's nobody up there that's really wowing us. So I agree with you. You know, sometimes there's 40 really good players and sometimes there might be 17. So you're right. They do become first-round picks. Um, You know, Somewhat of a funny note is you go back to 2001. Um, that was the last year that we only had 31 teams in the league. Okay, do you know who the 32nd pick in that draft was? Drew Brees. Yeah. A year later, <laughs> he would have been a first round pick. Instead, he was right. the first pick in the second round. So sometimes I mean, it's just funny numbers that play that way as well. It was what San Diego made that pick. I mean, he was picked by the Chargers, I think. Yes, yeah, it's San Diego, and he and uh, you know they then went a different direction. And three years later, with the with drafting Eli Manning, of course we know how that turned out. But um, and then all of a sudden, a, a bad physical bill of health from the Miami Dolphins, and he was on the way to New Orleans. And I don't know, has, has he done anything since? Yeah. I mean, who was that Dolphins coach? <laughs> who was that Dolphins coach? Anybody remember? Well, I don't know. Remember who so that? Much that- it's a coach than it was the, the doctor than anything else. But I think it was Nick Saban at the time, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, I believe you are correct. All right, so <laughs> we just have a little fun with it once in a while uh, no, when it comes hey, up to stuff like that. They're all geniuses, and at all times they're all flawed. That's what makes this fun. Well, do, well don't tell them that. Don't tell them the flawed part. All right. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> we'll keep it between us. Uh when you look at this, what the Steelers did draft-wise, they did something, Russell, that is very un-Steeler-like. They moved up in the draft. They haven't done that in 15 years. But they ended up getting Devin Bush. Now, a draft is more than just one pick, but that first mm-hmm. pick can be the guy that sets the tone for all of them. What did you think of that move? 
I think doing what they did set a tone that has resonated for a team that very un- well. It's funny you said the words uncharacteristic. Uncharacteristic. For about three months, we saw very uncharacteristic Steelers. Um, right. You know the drama with Antonio Brown, the continued drama with Le'Veon Bell, the mudslinging that was going on. Um, you know the end of the year where they lost four of their last six games and squandered a seven-two and one start. Uh, you know, since the merger, no teams won more games. Um, the regular season games, division titles, um, you know, three head coaches in 50 years, soon to be 51. Um, we saw instability with the Steelers. And I thought doing what they did, going from 20 to 10, and you know, they gave up a second-round pick and a third-round pick in 2020, which they might recoup anyway with Lady Ann Bell in terms of compensation and so on. Um uh, free agent compensation, compensatory pick, I should say. Uh, I thought that was a tone setter. I think once they decided that we're not going to tr- transition Le'Veon Bell, we're going to trade, the fact that they finally came out and said that, and, and to be honest with you, I know Ben Roethlisberger's gotten a lot of heat. I know Mike Tomlin's gotten a lot of heat. Yeah, The culture with the Steelers doesn't exist unless it goes all the way to the top. And it was really time for Art Rooney II to step in. And I, I don't know Art Rooney II. I met Dan Rooney once at Super Bowl one year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's the Rooney family. I understand that. But I'm sure Art Rooney II has handled business different than Dan Rooney has. And, right. um, you know, it, and I think that's understandable. And that's not to point fingers. Um, I think everybody deserves the share of the blame for letting this go on. Because obviously there was a culture going on there that a lot of people were uncomfortable about. I mean, you got former players calling them the Kardashians. Right. Amazing. And then the the Eagles, it was subtle, but they moved up a few spots. They jumped mm-hmm. the Houston Texans. They got Dillard. Uh, what were your thoughts on that move? Um, Jason Peters' successor, uh, yes. eventual successor, and maybe sooner than later. I mean, remember Jason didn't miss the stretch run when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, right. A year and a half ago, um, obviously an aged player and maybe a potential Hall of Famer. Uh, you know his years with Buffalo and Philadelphia. He's been an outstanding player, um, but it's Howie Roseman looking Roseman looking ahead. Um, and then and a little subtle move he also did on day three, getting Hassan Ridgeway uh, for the Colts for for a lower round draft pick. Brought Timmy Jernigan back when when the uh, Eagles won the Super Bowl. They won that Super Bowl because of their trench play, both offensive and defensive line. Both no of those areas were not quite the same last year. Carson Palmer wound up getting hurt. They couldn't run the ball last year, which was a big problem for them. So I think Howie Roseman wanted to go out, get some uh, fortify the units, get some depth. The depth came in huge during the Super Bowl run. Um, you know, it was a very workmanlike draft for them. And, you know, it. By all accounts, you know, them and, and then the Cowboys should be quite the duel for the NFC East title. This year is a long way to go. I don't like making predictions now. Um, but I like the way – listen, they've got to keep Carson Wentz healthy. More importantly, Carson Wentz has to keep himself healthy. No question. The, the draft – when you look at the draft and then you look how teams are putting teams together – so whether it's free agency, developing your own players, utilizing the draft. We obviously, you know, everyone gets enamored with the combine. But you and I both know the difference between 4-4 four, four and 4-5 four, is about ooh, about a foot. 
Uh, is the league doing a good job of identifying, quote, football players and not just athletes who play football? Yeah, I think they are. And it's funny. I think fans now get more caught up in the measurables than, the, than, than maybe the personnel people because, you know, for a long time, we, you know, people didn't get to see the combine. They just read right. about different things, okay? They just read what was going on there. Uh, now, of course, there's TV coverage, so they do. They get a little enamored with it, and there will always be a fascination in terms of speed and strength. The one part about the combine, to me, that it, I find the most interesting, and it's something we'll never get access to, are the interviews. Oh, okay? that's the key. I mean, if, that's you're coming the key. To, if you're coming to the combine, you're coming to a job interview, okay? Right. Did yep. you screw around for six weeks and you're not in shape? Um, did you come acting professional? That's the kind of stuff that could really trip you up. I think even more so now than then. Then you hear people talk about immaturity, love for football, um, et cetera, et cetera. People are looking for professionals. They're investing a lot more money than they did in these players 25 years ago, uh, especially the first rounders, where you know you sign a four-year deal with the fifth-year option as you already alluded to. That's the part of the combine, I think. To me, the combine is like everything else. Uh, the pro day, the, 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 the player's college career. You have to weigh them all in a certain way. If you're drafting players strictly on 40 times and bench presses, chances are you're picking in the top five year after year. Well, everyone knows how I feel about this in no uncertain terms. I felt Artie Burns was a combine pick, uh, pure and simple. Uh, and he, he will not be a stealer moving forward. Uh, but I just that's just a personal opinion on him. When you look at the, the future of the league the next five years, what are a couple of things you'll be looking for? Well, I think I would like to see a developmental league, okay? I, I yeah, think one I, of the things that things that has hurt the quality of play in this league is the lack of the World League of American Football, okay, yes. or NFL Europe, or whatever you want to call it, okay? Um, you know, it went from teams that were able to send players there to teams being obligated to send people there. Um, and, you know, I don't look at the AAF as a developmental league, which is now, of course, no longer exists. I won't look at the XFL. They, they need to establish their own developmental league. And you know what I'd also like to see if they do a developmental league? Put the officials in there that are going to coach in the regular season so they can get some off-season reps instead of just being around for the preseason. I know they go to classes and different things during the off-season, but you know, the, the, NFL makes a, the NFL makes a lot of money. The fact that they don't have full-time officials is kind of bothersome for the investment made. Instead of tweaking the rules, how about we tweak the work habits of the officials? I do have to ask you about that. This will be the last question because I know you're, your time is valuable, Russell. But the change in the pass interference rule was, was an obvious reaction to what happened mm-hmm. in the Saints-Rams game, even though we all know the Saints got the ball in overtime, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, it was. And it's, 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 it's kind of a habit that the NFL has fallen into for a while now. Oh, Brett Favre didn't get the ball in overtime against the Vikings. In, I'm sorry, against the Saints in the NFC Championship game. So let's change the postseason overtime rules. Tom Brady got hurt. Let's change that rule, et cetera, et cetera. I always refer, you know what a two-gap is. A two-gap defense means read and react. 
Yeah. If the NFL reads something, they react to it. And I think yeah. they probably overreacted to that, you know? Um, and I understand the frustration on the Saints' part. But it's not the first bad call, and it won't be the last bad call. Even doing what they're doing as far as replay and so on is not going to prevent bad calls. And the more subjective you make it, the tougher uh, it is. But I, I agree with you. I think it was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, and I'm wondering if it's not going to come back and bite them sometime. Because every time we see these type of rule changes, we see someone else or something else that occurs that says, hmm, well, we didn't think of that. So <laughs> could we go back and do it, do it again? And it happens it happens constantly. There's there's a, there's a lot of overthinking that goes on in the league, and that didn't used to be the case, to be honest with you. I, I totally agree with that. This is a pleasure having you on. Thanks so much for the time. It was terrific. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me on, and uh, I'll wave uh, on my way to Canton. I'll, I'll, I'll roll down the window and wave. So Yeah, once you go through Center County right there, just wave right by – keep on going right by that Penn State sign. Keep going. Absolutely. <laughs> And I make that trip. I come down. I, I live in Connecticut, so they come down 84, oh. 81. And, oh, and us, I've, I've done that wave. And I'll be honest with you, Penn State never waves back. So I'll wave back if that if okay, makes you then. feel better. As somebody who grew up in Connecticut and knows the 84, 81, 80 route, like the back <laughs> of his hand, I'll wave at you because I know at that point you'll need it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's very true. That's when, that's when the caffeine needs to kick in. <laughs> Russell, thanks so much. You're welcome. Russell Baxter, ProFootballGuru.com. Back with more in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Russell Baxter from ProFootballGuru.com. Great guest. He's actually followed us on Twitter for years, which we appreciate very much, and it's been uh, my fault that uh, of just not saying, hey, we need to get him on. Uh, and finally, Sean took care of that. Uh, he shall return. Yes. It was yes. really, really good. Really enjoyed having him on very much. Dick Girardi on the show tomorrow. Uh, we will talk with him about uh, the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he'll be here courtesy of ExpressBet.com. So we'll have him on Tuesday night, uh, please come on out and join us. This will be a lot of fun. I I got the see, I got the list of people that are going to be here. It looks like on Tuesday night. Yeah, we have a couple of names on that list too that uh, we're hoping will turn into. Yeah, we're uh, hoping. Yeah, fingers but crossed. This is this is what we have. Um, let's see for the show and the meet and greet. Uh, Keith Conlon. Uh, now this is a, and I saw Keith Conlon yesterday at Wegman's under the category of he expects these people to be there. Keith Conlon, Shane Conlon, Trey Bauer, Rogers Alexander, Adam Brenneman, Tim Sweeney. Now those are they're not sure, but they're hoping for. Okay, not sure, but hoping for. So, not, but I'll mention the names anywhere. Would be Matt McGloin, Alan Zemitis, and Yakov Yisrael. You know, it's obviously over the years, you end up being fortunate enough to have a long career, which I've been extremely fortunate 
You know, and I think of all the great moments I've seen all these guys have. But they're going to be available for the show and the meet and greet. And this will be Tuesday night at Penn's Tavern. And then the golf tournament is Wednesday. And it turns out that Wednesday, we have a Phillies game that afternoon. So I'm in the afternoon flight with Adam Purdy, Steve Engel, and I want to say Adam's uncle's going to be in the group, I believe. Yep, Uncle Craig, right. Looking forward to it very much. Should be a lot of fun for us. As for my former team, talk to the hand. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, fourth straight in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Keywoods 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Tomorrow, Dick Girardi on the Kentucky Derby. She'll be at Churchill Downs on Saturday. Omaha Beach. Favorite early in the week? Gone. In fact, Omaha Beach will not race in any of the Triple Crown races. He made that announcement today. Omaha Beach is out of all of them. All right. We now bring in, in South Windsor, he is the king. Hello, and is anyone there? <laughs> we're all, believe me, deep down we're all here. <laughs> so what up? With us? Yeah. Not, not much going Any on. good things going on? Any good things going on? Let's see. No. <laughs> <laughs> that makes yeah. us even. <laughs> no, last weekend we had a First Communion and a baptism. Oh, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, so well, yeah, Colin, got some Colin. major issues going on that well, I'm trying to work through, but I've had them for quite a while, but now it's not going very well. I think I need a hip replacement. So, oh, that's brilliant. yeah, all the running, all the working out, all the sports, all the aerobic classes, all the they took their toll. I got a really bad hip, and then throw that in. I got a. <laughs> you're gonna love this. I got a. Uh, what do you call them? Stones. Kidney, kidney stone. Snake. 
Kidney stones. I got kidney stones, so now I can't walk and I got to pee. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I've got to wet myself. I'm trying to. When I it caught the kidney stone, caused a urinary tract infection, and oh my God. That, the only thing that was good about it was it happened on the weekend of the Masters, so I got to watch the entire Masters from start to finish, plus the reruns because I was up all night long. I had to pee every twenty minutes. You gotta get you in one of those supersonic hot tubs so they can blast the stones down. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll take anything right now because I was supposed to get a cortisone shot for my hip. And they cancel it because of the kidney stone. So throw in the cellulitis and the blood clot in the right leg, and there's not a lot going on below the waist for me right now. <laughs> so. I, uh, I just like to point out this has turned out to be a far more graphic segment than I thought it would well, be. Oh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> First Dan Patrick this morning and now. <laughs> Dan, oh Dan Patrick goodness. this morning, now you. I mean, every, everybody we know is in bad shape. Wow. I'm in great. I ride my bike every day. I work out every day. I've lost a lot of weight, and this this is just mentally. And I haven't missed a day of work, so. Of course not. No, well, but it just means work and hurt until I get it straightened out. So I don't know why it all happened at the same time, but. Oh, it always well. seems to happen that way. Yeah, well, everything is basically caused because of that stupid blood clot. And I've had it for four years, and yeah, for people to realize, walk it, wrong on my left leg, and my left leg did all the work, and so. Well, whatever. for anybody who doesn't know, but here, you want to know how he got the blood clot? Okay, he got the blood clot being a really great guy. That's how he got the blood clot. Somebody was stuck in the snow. And instead of driving by and saying, gee, I wish you the best of luck, guess who got out of the car, went out to help move somebody out of a ditch, and in the process he belted his knee on a rock that he didn't see because of the snow. That's how the blood clot occurred. Yeah, and it's behind that bad knee that I blew out. But in other words, the the reason he has this issue is because he was doing the right thing. Well, that's the way it goes. But it's created that cellulitis because of the blood pools, which creates a situation where I can only drive so long. And because remember the last long trip I took, yeah. <laughs> I ended right. up in the hospital when I got right. back. So, right. Which isn't a good thing. So, but the blood cloud is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. They said it's actually doing very well. I'm like, well, it's got to get better soon because it's been four friggin' years and it's starting to bore me. So anyway, enough of me. Um, me and Sean were talking about Francesa. Did you follow any of that? Well, about what he said about the Giants draft picks. Oh, yeah. About the, the kid that got shot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, if you give somebody enough rope, they'll hang themselves. And he showed his true colors. And then when he was challenged on it, he had a little mental fit and started screaming at Boomer and them, you know, and right. whoever his partner is now. And Geo, Geo. That 
I loved the Mike and the Mad Dog show. I thought that was the best show on radio. They were funny. He was funny. The dog was funny. And then the dog separated. And the dog did very well, and Mike turned he, into he an angry broadcaster. Yeah, he just got a, he just got a four year uh, contract extension with Sirius. Dog uh, dog did. Yeah, he's good. His show is good, and he's yeah. a guest. He a guest on uh, EEI all the time. They love oh, yeah. having him on because he's a good guy. You know, yeah. he doesn't and he competes with them, but he doesn't treat it that way. He treats it like, oh, there's enough for all of us. Where Francesca just has hatred for anyone and everyone. You couldn't listen to Francesca's show anymore. If you called his show with an opinion, he'd cut you in half. You don't have an opinion. Only I know sports, you know? Right. Oh, I know. And it was too bad because them together was excellent. But yeah. I when I heard the stuff he said, I was like, oh, man, you know? Well, you, ha- you have to sit there. When you do a show like this, and I'm not going to be obviously perfect at doing this. No one's perfect. But 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 the one area, well, Sean's pretty close. But I mean, when you do when you do a show like this, fans don't like when you do this, and I know it it does aggravate them about me sometimes that I'm ultra cautious. Uh, you, they they want they want you to be boom right away and boom and right away and go and hit somebody hard and things like that. And I won't do that until I know everything surrounding it. Well, there's I, I nothing feel like wrong I, with having an opinion, but other people have an opinion, too, you know? I mean, people want to know your opinion. That's okay. And if it doesn't happen to be what their opinion is, that's okay. But you don't demean them and say, make them feel stupid and hang up on them. I mean, one day, the Francesca was at a caller, and he fell asleep on air. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, that's how out of touch he got with it. And FAN kept him on because he was still such a huge draw. But my goodness, what he did the other day was just, you know, maybe it's time you just hang it up. But Uh, enough of him. Red Sox playing better. Yes, they are. Well, they're getting good starting pitching. So. Well, that that's the key. I mean, it's the you, know, you can't. I mean, the, the Yankees. I think it's miraculous they're playing as well as they are with everybody hurt. Well, you got players that playing with their gut. You know, they want to make it. They these are people. I mean, it's got to be difficult to be in the minor leagues if you're with the Red Sox and the Yankees and teams with superstars at every position and say, wow. You know, I'm a right fielder in the Yankee minor league system, and Aaron Judge is in right field, you know? Or, right, exactly. Or like you were a shortstop, and Derek Jeter was there for 20 years, you know? Right. But then all of a sudden you get your shot, and you know it's not permanent, but at the same time you get a chance to showcase yourself, you know, on a right. big stage. and. I think the Red Sox kind of lost that at the start of this year. They, you know, it's hard to keep it, and now they're getting it back again. But you got to play with your gut. you got to play with heart. You know, you can't just assume you're going to be great. And that's why teams like Kansas City Royals won a World Series. Marlins won a couple World Series with no one ever heard of the players, you know. Including but, the Marlins. 
Yeah, <laughs> and then they let them all go. But I'm just saying, sometimes these small market teams win because the players are hungry. They they want to prove something. And I don't know. But you're right. Good for the Yankees. They. No, I give I give them credit. I mean, they've been able to through their own organization go out and replace guys that are incredible players in their own right, and they've been able to stay afloat. Yeah. Yeah. At least they're still in it, you know. They didn't. They easily could have tanked, and they didn't. And I'll tell you what, the Red Sox are right there now. The American League East didn't take advantage of it well enough, you know. Right. No, I mean, the Red Sox are still right there. There's no problem. How's Bryce? I heard some stuff about Bryce Harper this week. How the Phillies doing? Uh, Bryce Harper got booed by he the dropped fans. The ball, yeah. And to Bryce Harper's credit, and this is the way Bryce Harper is, he goes, that have booed me too. Yeah. Now, if is I had, if I, well? to be honest with you, if I had direct deposit, I'd have the same attitude. So I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But is he playing well? No, he's hitting around 240 right now. Yeah, he's all right. He's, uh, he goes off to a quick start. He's cooled off quite a bit. It's kind of like the opposite of JT Real Muto. I mean, he started off really slow, and he's picked things up. It's a long season. Yeah. It is a long season. Oh, my goodness. I mean, look at Aaron Nola. I mean, Aaron Nola, his first three starts, I mean, he's his ERA was around, around 10. At least he's dropped it down to around five uh, thanks to his last three starts. And uh, last night, not too shabby either going, when did he go last night? Five and two-thirds, something like that? Good. Yeah, hoping to go a little longer, but all worked out. Good deal. No, what place are the Phillies in? I haven't seen the standings. In are, they, the are they third right now, Sean? All the teams are kind of clumped together by uh, like four or five games. I mean, even the Nationals. I mean, the Nationals have been struggling, and I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing in common with all the teams in the National League East. Uh, everybody has a uh, a very, very below par bullpen. Boy, that's so key. Well, you know what? But that's why we had the guest on yesterday, and I, Sean, I thought he was terrific. Where he's talking about that when you from the Wall Street Journal, Jared Diamond, right? That uh, hey, look, bullpens are not on the whole performing well this year. It really has put a hole in that theory that we hear over and over again about you know how long do you let the starting pitcher go? How do you you know it's it's because bullpens are not performing to the same level. You know who's bullpen bull, bullpen did and save them as the Red Sox. Their bullpen's excellent. If it wasn't for their bullpen, they would be in last place. Oh, oh they'd be in deep trouble right now. Oh, last night, uh, Vasquez, I think, the, the young pitcher, yeah. lasted yeah. two innings. The Red Sox bullpen pitched the rest of the game, pretty much shut out ball for the rest of the game. Yeah, standings right bull- now in the uh, National League East. Uh, Phillies 17 and 13. The Mets are 16 and 15, just getting the win this afternoon uh, over the Reds. Atlanta 15 and 16. The Nats 12 and 17. And pretty much right off Miami, they're 9 and 21. And to the credit of the first place, right? And to the credit of the Marlins fans, they too have written them off. (laughs) Oh, God. Did you hear that stat today? That, what? 
almost half the teams in the major league have like a twenty to thirty percent reduction in. Uh, we 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 dealt with this on the show. Did you? We yeah, we dealt with this. We talked about the the loss of of uh, attendance. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's why the Phillies have made up for it. Now the Phillies go out and the Phillies have uh, they spend a lot of money. They have a forty four percent increase in attendance because wow. they they showed look to me baseball is like any other business. If you show people that you are interested in putting a product out there that people can get excited about, they will buy it. Okay, whether it's in the grocery store, whether it happens to be at Neiman Marcus, or whether it happens to be at Citizens Bank Park. You're very right. Oh, look at Toronto; they're down thirty percent in attendance, right. and that's and it why very big anyway. <laughs> You know. Yeah, but that's why that's why, for example, they go out and what do they do? Okay? When they go out, they they promoted Vladimir Guerrero. Now yeah. why do they promote Vladimir Guerrero? Because they need people to be in the ballpark. Uh, it didn't work. So I'm just saying that's why they did it. I mean they just did it this week. I remember back with Joe Carter, that place was packed all the time. That was the, yeah. the coolest place to play ball, the retractable roof and all that stuff. Yeah. Now all that's gone. Of course, it's basketball time, too, and their team's still in it. But they just don't have the baseball interest. Baseball interest has dropped so drastically. So, it, And it's amazing that football still takes the press headlines even in their draft. It's like, do you see all the people in Nashville? 200,000. Oh, my God. It was unbelievable how many people were there just to stand outside and watch the draft. 200,000 people to watch names selected. And that was just on opening night last Thursday. They were packed in like Times Square on New Year's Eve. Yeah, it was amazing. That's a good city for sports. Man, they support their hockey Just to see names this is just to see names selected. Yeah, they cleared well there over a half a, a million. They cleared over half a million for the whole three days down there. Yeah. It wasn't even a game. Huge success. Yeah. They did it right. Yeah. Boon to the economy example. down there, all those bars and restaurants nearby. Man, they had the, they had, boy, who, who's getting it next year? <laughs> uh, next year... Where's it going next year, Sean? Because two years it's going to be in um, Los Angeles. Who gets it next year? Let's see. Chicago's had it. Oh, oh it's going to be Las Vegas. Yeah, Las out in Nevada. He had to tie in oh, with the uh, Raiders. Uh, with the Raiders move. Yeah, that's right. Can you imagine? Wow. <laughs> hey, honey, I, I I really love the draft. <laughs> that's funny. Come yeah. home broke in the Giants draft. Daniel Jones is quarterback. <laughs> uh, bummer. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that move. I don't know. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I I hope it works. See, well, I'm I all think... about um, the running back from Penn State. I'm all about him. And I hope he gets a great offensive line and gets to really show his talent 
and doesn't go out there and get the crap beat out of him. You know. Yeah. I don't. I don't think the Giants drafted a an offensive lineman, did they? No, but they, they drafted a couple of guys last year, including Will Hernandez. I think they're hoping will develop. Yeah, I just. Just put somebody in front of Barkley and let him do his thing. Yeah, I mean, one of these times he's going to be leaping in the air and he's going to get cold cocked. And that's just, oh, sure. You no, know, I mean it's it's cool to watch, but boy, it's dangerous for a running back. And yeah, he's going to be he's going to be here. Barkley's going to be here in a little bit more than two weeks. He's going to have his own camp here. Oh wow! He's going to have it have it here at Penn State. Yeah. Wow, that should be great. He's a no. really good kid, really good no, guy. I, I, no, I like Saquon. I mean, I really genuinely like him, and uh, you know, and part of the part of the appeal of the camp is, and you have fun. Yeah, <laughs> it can. And I said, I, I said, he gets an opportunity. Can you imagine if Penn State had a really good offensive line while he was there? You know, some, he'd have something. run for three thousand yards. He's something else. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you guys see it. You watch it, obviously, way more than me. But every game I saw, huh, huh, he'd get the ball, he'd be running against the whole other team, and he never really was able to break the line of scrimmage. Normally, he always had to make a Barry Sanders move to get out there, you know, <laughs> and and he made the move, but. If he had a solid offensive line to run behind, I'm telling you, if the Giants can put one together, he'll break every NFL record. I think right. he's that good. Oh, and man, his yeah. vertical jump is incredible. You see that game when he jumped five yards through the air? <laughs> the other team was like, "Oh my God, what the heck is that?" Well, I did it's like do a all Michael every Jordan I, I, slam dunk. I did do all of his plays for three years, so I have seen all of this. <laughs> well, no, I don't know if it was pre-Giants. That, I'm just saying, he, uh, that play with the Giants was just incredible. He yeah. started. He leaped from the five-yard line and landed in the end zone. Yeah. That's just incredible. That's 15 feet. Oh, I know. Oh, amazing, amazing athlete. Yes, he is. Yes, he okay, is. Okay, guys. It's been real. Well, if you insist. <laughs> Enjoy your day well, off tomorrow. Five o'clock, I hear the music. Yeah. Enjoy your day off from us tomorrow. From what? From us. This time oh. tomorrow, you'll be off. <laughs> I'll be working. Oh, okay. i got to go back out and work. <laughs> we got 2,000 parts. we got to have shipped tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Yippee. GE parts. GE, they bring good things to life. Well, as long as the check clears, that's good things to life. Right, and life is good. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they pay their bill. That's why GE can bring good things to life. They paid their bill. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.